Hey, I'm Allie Gertz. And I'm Julia Prescott. And, and everything's, everything's Coming Up Podcast. This episode is brought to you by SNA, Springfieldians for Nonviolence, Understanding, and Helping. <laughs> we are also brought to you by TV Dinners. I didn't know they made TV dinners this bad. There's peas in my fruit cobbler. There's peas everywhere. <laughs> and we're also brought to you. We have a lot of sponsors today. We're also brought to you by Marge's Patented Pork Chops. Uh, with just, what what is it, a, a touch of MSG? <laughs> Not sure. And we're also brought to you by Smartline with our local Emmy Award winning host, Kent Brockman. Mm-hmm. Smartline. <laughs> this episode is Itchy and Scratchy and Marge. It is, um, oh, geez, I... Don't know. It's season two, but which episode is this? Nine. Episode nine. Yeah. Thank you, guest. <laughs> um, it originally aired on December 20th, 1990. It was written by John Swartzwelder, Hell directed yeah. by Jim Reardon. Hell yeah. And the showrunners at the time were James L. Brooks, Matt Groening, and Sam Simon. May I say something? Hell yeah, hell yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> you can definitely <laughs> say that. <laughs> um, I'm very excited to speak about this episode. I'm also very excited for our special guest <laughs> um he is an animation director he's an artist he's a writer he's an executive producer on things and that's it and that's it bye <laughs> he's worked in animation uh for quite some time and i would be remiss in uh not mentioning that he's also uh my fiance yay uh, am i allowed to talk cool. yeah. yeah hey thanks for having me welcome I'm excited mike mayfield Hey. Hi. <laughs> Hi. Uh, this is special uh, for me in the same way that it was very special um, for me and the listeners to get to listen to Julia talk to her old teacher. It's always very, uh, there's something very magical about like when there are like very special kind of relationships on the show. So I'm very excited that you're our Personal guest today. Guest. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I'm I think excited it's going too. to be very I've fun. I've to do it. So. We've been yeah. trying to get you on the show for a while. Yeah, I know. You've been hard, really hard elusive. Yeah. yeah. It's been hard to, to get you down to a yeah. date. So, <laughs> I mean, just like with our engagement and oh, hey, there well, I go. I'm, I'm one of the few fans that's been able to listen to the show happen live. Ooh. Whoa. I think I listened to the whole Tim Long episode from the other room. Yeah. Uh, that is special. <laughs> You've been doing your own podcast from the other room. Yeah, exactly. Which is a sub exactly. podcast of our <laughs> podcast. <laughs> oh, God, that's the future. <laughs> uh, so I, I think everyone is probably very happy to know that uh, the person that Julia is marrying is a uh, Super Simpsons fan. I think that that would make me sad if if that weren't the case. Mm-hmm. I think we mm-hmm. would all wonder, like, oh, is she really happy? <laughs> is she really happy? I know. Sometimes you see those couples and you're like, ooh, boy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. There's some things that they're overlooking. <laughs> I mean... Also, uh, I, I should say that, you know, my appreciation of animation techniques and like just the mechanics of animation as I'm looking at The Simpsons for the second time um, is because of you and, and your expertise cool. in that area and, and what you point out to me when we watch yeah, it together. Yeah, it's so funny when we watch it together because like the things that we notice and respond to are so different, which right. is just, I don't know, says a lot about the show too and just that it can be enjoyed on a lot of levels. But yeah, I, I always tend to notice the mistakes because part of my job is to sit and watch the same episode of a show a thousand times <laughs> and look for, oh, that eye blink was a frame too slow or, you know, just right. the most mundane 
shit. So but that's we, the stuff yeah. that matters. Yeah. So watching watching The Simpsons, especially the early ones, I'm like, oh god, that color's wrong. Oh man, that line <laughs> weight is way too thick. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm just laughing at the jokes. <laughs> but sometimes, and like in this yeah. episode, why does Bart suddenly have a watch? Oh, for one line, right? <laughs> He's wearing a watch so he can look at it for this one line. But sometimes <laughs> I feel like when we're watching it, it's almost like uh, I don't know. It's a relief to see The Simpsons kind of flub. A little oh bit of yeah, areas, it is, wise. and it makes me want to tell uh, one of the show creators that I work with, like, "Hey, man, we can relax on things." <laughs> yeah, because the greatest show of all time even had some stuff. <laughs> right, right, right. Sure, it was the '90s, but come I on. I get so jealous actually <laughs> seeing some of the mistakes they let slide. Because I'm like, I would love to let those mistakes slide and not have to fix everything. Why do you think that was uh, at the time? Do you well, think? it was all shot on film at the time and on mm-hmm. cells, and like m- fixing a mistake would have been a real hassle. Whereas now with everything digital, like we can just reopen a file and recolor it and then close the file and it's done. Right, right. Um, so they had to be more accepting of mistakes. Yeah, it just would have the cost of fixing a thing like that would just be that makes crazy sense. back then. Yeah. See, I wouldn't have known that otherwise. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's good that I'm marrying you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the, the show now is probably as insanely sure. OCD as probably. the shows that I've worked on. But yeah. But yeah. Back then, man, I'm jealous. <laughs> right. So you'd been wanting to do this particular episode for yes. a while. Can you uh, describe why? Well, for one thing, it, it's commenting on the art of animation and animation's sort of like role and culture and, and its effects and stuff. And this episode like broke my brain open when I saw it. I think it came out when I was in fifth grade. And I remember just it was the first time in my life that I recognized satire. I didn't have that word yet, but I was like, I see what they're doing. And it was like <laughs> blowing my mind of like there this show is commenting on itself through this show within the show. And it's commenting on the reaction that The Simpsons is having from some parents and blah, blah, blah. And I was like. It just made me want to do subversive satire. <laughs> yeah, and season two, out of the gate. Yeah, Isn't that amazing? Yeah. That yeah. they were so responsive so early on. Oh, totally. yeah. It's so smart. And again, like as we've said so many times, The Simpsons never, um, they always, like exp- they trust their audience to get it. Like, right. that's one of the things that for those that are watching um, Lady Dynamite, that's something that Patton Oswalt's character says, which is uh, to Maria, just like, you know, trust your audience that they're mm-hmm. going to get it. They will. Like, totally. don't pander. And The Simpsons right. never panders. That's such a good lesson, too, and I, which I feel like a lot of us, you know, don't really take into consideration. I think also because we're insecure about our own product and we're insecure about having a firm grasp on the process of say writing a show or starring and writing in a show and so you feel compelled to pander a little bit just because you're sort of pandering to what has been established in that format Mm -hmm. and and to prove that you understand how a tv show is done when you already know you don't need to pander yeah honestly this season season two is actually perhaps my favorite i and it starts because, so strong yeah and they're it's because that you see them trying things for the first time and and it there's no sense of like f- fans of the show making the show it's just like they're right discovering and experimenting what the show can do and mm-hmm. yeah i really yeah look yeah. back fondly on this season in particular yeah i forget who had that theory on on our show about um like the reason why the later seasons of The Simpsons feel a little off, it's because 
the people that are writing on it are people that were raised on The Simpsons. Mm-hmm. I believe Julian is who said oh, that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I knew it was recent. Yeah, and, and it's just interesting to compare a season like season two. I mean, this is before Josh Weinstein came on with Bill Oakley, and Josh had said you know, that, that they were both big fans of the show and kind of came to it as fans, um, but of course, you know, put their own spin on it. But so this is like way before any mm-hmm, of that and, and mm-hmm. way before it was kind of possible. I mean, I guess on some level if they hired somebody new for season two, but it was still in the beginning of what they were establishing with the show. Yeah, they're mm-hmm. figuring out what the show can do and it was unlike any show and they were kind of discovering that. And it's mm-hmm. really cool to watch. So before we get to into the plot of this episode, we like to um, read the synopsis that Wikipedia cool. has provided. Um, we love you, Wiki. We love you, Wiki, baby. <laughs> oh, and by the way, it was a whisper of MSG, which <laughs> oh, is one of my favorite lines in the it episode. Is, it is. So I, I, knew that I, was, that I knew that I was misquoting it. A whisper. <laughs> um, by the way, how dare you? Okay, so... <laughs> um, fight, 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 fight. No. <laughs> Trouble in paradise. No, Ooh, wah, 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 wah. <laughs> um, so according to Wikipedia, uh, in this episode, which is a satire of censorship issues, Maggie attacks Homer with a mallet and Marge blames the Eugene Scratchy show for Maggie's actions. Anything we're missing, Mike? <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Am I supposed to give my own synopsis here? Sure. Yeah, fill in the gaps. <laughs> oh, uh, Some fan. I don't even know where to start. But, I mean, you get a good psycho reference in there. Mm-hmm. You get... Um, with the red paint going yeah, down the yeah, drain. Yeah, 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 yeah. They even use the music. Um, yeah. I remember that kind of being such a cool moment for me as a kid, just being like, whoa. And it was long. Like, it was like they took their time with it, uh-huh, too. Like, uh-huh. they, they really played it out, which yeah. was very fun. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I, I don't know. Should we just get into it? Sure, yeah. Okay. I, I remember this is, like, insane to think about now. It, it seems so, like, quaint. But I remember as a kid there was talk of like too much violence in cartoons before Simpsons came out. And they were usually referring to Coyote and Roadrunner, mm. which yeah. no to, nowadays no. sounds seem, seems so crazy. But back then that was kind of like kids are watching this and it's violent. And what effect does this have on kids? And I remember just being so like, this is probably the first thing I was like passionate about of just like, you know, like a political stance or whatever, <laughs> just as this little kid, like, no way these cartoons need to be left alone. Like they're great. Like, uh, like Coyote and Roadrunner was like my favorite thing in the world. Yeah, and kid. and Tom and Jerry, which of course you know, right, Cat right, and Mouse. Right. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, those kinds of cartoons. Like you do rewatch uh, Tom and Jerry in, in particular. They are very violent. Oh, like, for sure. It's they weren't even for kids. Exactly. Those cartoons were being made for adults to. They were basically comedy sketches to play before a movie mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and for adults to laugh at. And it's just so funny how they've kind of been re. I don't know. They're thought of differently culturally re-branded. now as like kids <laughs> things, which right just because they're is cartoons. weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But now we exist in this world where you know just something being a cartoon. Of course, there are so many different levels mm-hmm. with Adult Swim and with like right, the right. Fox lineup, which right. of course The Simpsons started. Right. But it's just interesting that there was a time before that where it's like, eh, what is this uh, cartoon? Is some kid shit? Yeah, you know? exactly. <laughs> when exactly. really nobody was really paying attention, which is what this episode is commenting on. Right. Marge says at some point like i don't think any adult has ever watched this right well in like two years before this episode came out there was the uh mighty mouse the new adventures um which ralph bakshi and john crick felucci who went on to do uh ren and stimpy were all part of and there was this huge controversy where they thought mighty mouse was snorting cocaine in that episode oh like 1988 i think and uh, it was a big coke year 
Yeah, it was great Coke year. <laughs> Perfect year for Coke. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but I remember there was he was like had a crushed up flower and he sniffed it and it all went up his nose and like this like family organization essentially SNA yeah uh, got like really upset and like we're calling Ralph Bakshi a pornographer that was like corrupting oh kids God. and all this stuff. So I'm sure that was an inspiration for this episode as well that makes so much sense the um the the episode holds up so well just in terms of pc culture which is of course Mm -hmm. something that we deal with so much um and the uh aspect of like hypocrisy and how far you're allowed to go the idea that you could only be passionate about one thing uh like you know uh you know julia and i are both vegans we might have people that are just like well if you're a vegan how come you're not this other thing it's like because i care about this thing stop making me try to care about all the things yeah i know i i don't have time to care about all the things (laughs) and also this is a stupid uh mike's also vegetarian so so I didn't mean to. That's I'm worth, also that's obnoxious. That's worth coming yeah. You're very obnoxious. <laughs> um, but uh, this is a stupid argument I hear a lot. Like, oh, well, if you're vegan, then why why is most of your vegan protein resembling real meat? Blah, oh blah, blah. God. Don't you want to? And I'm like, shut Everyone up. needs to Ew, shut, up. shut up. Shut up, shut up, shut <laughs> up. First of all, shut up. Second of all, I need nutrients. And third of all, why? Why do you care what shape my food takes? I, I really, <laughs> I know I'm concerned? in a minority here, but I feel like what a person eats should just be a private thing I and no one should like butt in about it yeah i it's hate like when anyone comments on my food i'm just like leave me alone <laughs> you <laughs> do your thing i'll do I mine know. and we'll just unless i'm co- probably we'll like look at my pancakes right, right. <laughs> everyone gather <laughs> yeah, yeah please bring the children in <laughs> when is the next pancake viewing stop the football game <laughs> otherwise i'm just like get out of here i remember i was on a flight once uh like from new york to la and i like i you know i'm vegan so i can't eat anything so I always bring my little like lunch bag of whatever and uh, the stranger sitting next to me I like took out a salad and he leaned in super close and went what are we eating today and I was like "Ah!" Uh, (laughs) my fist yeah that drives (laughs) me me uppercutting you (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) so yeah this show has so many things like you said it's very layered uh, and it just covers so many different aspects but of course I think the the biggest issue since it's up at the front is the violence and whether or not kids should be allowed to see it and of course Lisa's response is so perfect Mm -hmm. and is kind of what I think a lot of parents that were letting their kids or encouraging their kids to watch The Simpsons would say, which is, Mom, if you take away our car- if you take our cartoons away, we'll grow up without a sense of humor and be robots. What to kind which of robots? <laughs> <laughs> so Ooh. funny. I what probably kind of cheered as a kid when Lisa said that. Yes. Yeah. Like, yes. <laughs> well, it's, uh, you know, I'm not a parent, but uh, wouldn't it be crazy if this is how we found out I was? Oh, no. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you have a seven-year-old named Miguel who's been in, in, in your car this entire time? Yes. Oh, that's weird. The windows are cracked <laughs> uh, but it is so true just the kids that i the like the people that we know as adults that watch the simpsons as a kid watch ren and stimpy watch these things they're more normal than kids that didn't watch right. the things because yeah. they're just so sensitive and not allowed to have sugar right. and i'm just like who are you you can't raise children in a vacuum no i, re- I remember there was a, a woman in my neighborhood uh i won't name names um but <laughs> A parent of like two kids. Oh, Cincinnati, you're on blast. Yes, (laughs) watch out. Um, But I remember she wouldn't let her kids even watch the Rugrats. No. Because Angelica was mean. And it was like, I remember as a kid just being like, that is fucking insane. It (laughs) is insane. Yeah. Because there's a mean character, you're not allowed to watch it. Like, 
It prepares you for real life. Right. Like, and how else is a good character supposed to be good unless they have like something to react to? You know, it's yeah. just, it was insane to me. I feel like the only level of that that I can partially agree with is if it's something that's very graphically sexual. Yes. You don't want to expose your sure. impressionable child to like, you know, Woody Allen's celebrity. Sure. But the reason for that, <laughs> and I, you know, that I think is that that's not something they have to encounter until much later on. Yes. So I think it makes total sense. That was the rule with my upbringing as well, where I could watch anything in terms of like um, adult content as long as it wasn't very gory. Like car- cartoonish blood was fine like i watched stuff that had like where the blood looks like red paint like Mm -hmm. in this episode Mm -hmm. but um anything that was like at all like lewd like i wasn't watching stuff that had like full-on like like this is something that comes up in the episode later though with with Mm -hmm. the with dave david yeah 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 (laughs) just like where do you draw the line and what keeps it from being appropriate and i think that everyone kind of like with your own diet gets to choose for themselves like just like parenting like they're they're obviously there are limits to everything. You say that you don't care what other people eat. And of course that is very much how it should be until they start trying to eat you. Like there's, right. there's a line. <laughs> I love that jump. And I'm not a parent, but I do think it's like a parent's job, like to if, and when your kid's exposed to things that maybe are a little more than they're prepared for. If you have an open relationship with them, you can talk it you know talk Absolutely. it through with them yeah, and like and i think that that's and so like important help, too help them analyze their feelings about a thing and like as soon as you just make things off limits and restricted like your kids are going to see stuff yeah. and then they're not going to have a place to turn to to like process it yeah i feel like so many parents um just make rules but don't explain the rules exactly mm-hmm. and it just becomes forbidden fruit it becomes forbidden fruit and then um, you're cutting off like a very fundamental line of communication between yourself and your kid and you're just encouraging them to go go do things behind your back exactly sure i think that like a really simple way to you know like rid that of your parenting technique and you know prevent your child from rebelling down the line is to go do you understand why i told you this or do you understand like just that start of a question do you understand why and also if you sit down and watch something like itchy and scratchy with your child do you understand why this is just entertainment and not you know something Mm -hmm. that you should imitate i think that that's a really important question that parents just start asking their kids absolutely yeah yeah and it's it's funny too just like uh, this this episode is very extreme, you know, because we have to make it clear to Marge that, you know, this is dangerous and having a baby <laughs> Dogs try are to being <laughs> tricked. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> having a baby try to kill Homer is a terrifying thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, that's very unlikely what is happening in real people's homes. It's right. probably more that maybe they have an attitude or they quote something. Um, I remember in my personal life, and I would love to know if there are instances where TV directly influenced you into doing something bad. Um, for me, I remember uh, not knowing what certain words were from Austin Powers. Mm. And I, <laughs> like, I would, like, this, it sounds way worse than it is. I was, like, a very small child and would, like, rub my nipples like he did and you're like "Ooh, i'm so horny and then my parents just like hold on <laughs> let's have a conversation about why yeah. you're not ever allowed to say I that a again moment. 
I had a similar moment, uh, an embarrassing moment with my dad. Yesterday. Oh. Yesterday. <laughs> uh, I was talking to you. Um, uh, with my dad, I was, uh, I don't know, a kid. I was like eight or nine or something. And uh, I'd just seen a movie where that common joke of, is that a banana in your pocket yeah. or are you just happy to see me? Mm-hmm. I did not understand of course not, that, that that meant erection. <laughs> and I was walking around, I think it was the Burbank Mall, uh, with my dad. And I just repeated that uh, for oh some boy. situation. And my dad got, well, also my dad. Yeah, he just he, he he would like tense up around <laughs> sexual humor like that uh, when I was a kid, and uh, he he got very like, oh God, honey, no! Like, <laughs> do you know that that's not that? Do you know that that's a sexual joke? And I felt so embarrassed because also I just There's wanted to like involved in that. Too. I just wanted to like I was trying to make a joke, and and yeah. when you're a kid, especially like a kid like me who just wanted to like be one of the adults, just yeah. be one of the guys, um, I was trying to relate and repeat something that i saw on the tv exactly and uh i got very embarrassed oh that kind of stuff is so (laughs) interesting well i have uh a confession i think this is the worst thing i've ever done and i'm gonna share it on this podcast have you not even told me i don't think i've even told you like i'm ashamed of this oh no and here it comes uh (laughs) so as a kid i was passionate that cartoons should not be censored and like i want to see you know crazy stuff and and whatever whatever and it's not gonna you know warp my mind or whatever right. um maybe a year or so after this episode it had nothing to do with this episode but i was in like a big lots or something and i found an anvil that was probably like the size of a small shoe but like heavy like solid iron and in my child head i thought I'm going to put this on a high shelf, like very precariously. And I climbed up and put it on a shelf, just like teetering and then left and was like giggling. And like, I think when I got home, I was like, what the fuck did I just do? You put it on the shelf in the store? So that it might fall. Yeah. So that it would fall. And like, I was, I had like nightmares about it. I was just like. It's because you're a good person. Yeah. I think I went back and there it was gone. Baby Mike. Um, I was like. I'm horrified to this day that I did that. Aww. And I was just like, I just confirmed like this whole, <laughs> the cartoon like no. I just pulled but a you were coyote also, move. It's interesting because you were self-aware every step of the way. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think in the moment, because I walked there with like my best friend and we were just try to one, oh, one up okay. each other in mischief, you yeah. know, just as kids do like, oh, I'm going to, you know, I don't know. Sure. Throw a bottle or whatever. I don't remember. Throw but, like, a bottle. Yeah. <laughs> for lack of <laughs> something else re- readily available. Um, but yeah, I remember just like it was part of that game of like one upping and mischief. And it wasn't until later that I was like, oh my God, a human could be hurt by yeah. this. That's yeah. nuts that I did that. Well, and it goes against yeah. everything that, you know, let's I believe. Let's just say everyone in. was okay. Yeah. And it landed. You know, by the time I got back, they'd mopped up the pool of blood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Someone probably got but promoted yeah, for doing I that. I mean, that's probably so lame compared to some other people's worst thing they've right. ever done. But that's like, when I think of the worst thing I've ever done, that's immediately that's what not, I go to. I mean, you could have been like, I tortured no, a I, local I was, animal. No way. And then I'd be like, oh, no, local you, animal. You're a psychopath. <laughs> I, I almost beat up my best friend because he was throwing rocks at a squirrel one day. And I got furious. Oh. <laughs> Well, I was like animal. such a yeah. Did the squirrel have such tall a blue hair? Fist or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> was going Stop doing that. Stop <laughs> doing it. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Um, anyway, uh, <laughs> I so back to the episode. There are a lot of really great moments in this episode. I mean, 
it's season two, so this is just starting to pick up the joke pace that we later see in seasons three, four, five, etc. Um, but in that, I love that we have Marge writing a letter um, to the creators of Itchy and Scratchy. And at first it goes to Krusty and he's flipping it around because we're finding out he can't read. <laughs> Very funny joke. Is this before that episode? I was wondering... Because there's the one episode where it's like explicitly part of the plot that I can't remember. This is, why this is very early, crusty. So I don't think so. This is just like yeah. So they they knew that perhaps perhaps yeah, or anyway. perhaps they planted it and went let's explore that later. Right, right. Yeah. I wondered that when I watched this. But anyway. then it goes to Roger Myers Jr., which he's such a such great a character. funny character. Yeah, yeah. Like, Alex uh, Rocco. Yeah, so good. Yeah, so perfect. And I love you know that later they sort of like. Um, mine that whole Roger Myers like legacy and like do some parody off of Walt Disney when we go to Itchy and Scratchy mm-hmm. Land. But in this, he's just like such a, a shrewd businessman, like does not care at all about the well-being of the people watching his show. He just cares about the bottom line. Mm-hmm. And um, and I love and this <laughs> reminded me of a moment we have shared, Mike, um, where he uh, so Roger Myers Jr. writes uh, Marge a letter. This is the kind of entertainment they think is suitable for younger and more impressionable viewers? (laughs) Yeah, but what are you going to do? I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to write a letter. Dear purveyors of senseless violence, I know this may sound silly at first, but I believe that the cartoons you show to our children are influencing their behavior in a negative way. Please try to tone down the psychotic violence in your otherwise fine programming. Yours truly, Marge Simpson. Take a letter, Miss White. Dear valued viewer, thank you for taking an interest in the Itchy and Scratchy program. Enclosed is a personally autographed photo of America's favorite cat and mouse team to add to your collection. In regards to your specific comments about the show, our research indicates that one person cannot make a difference, no matter how big a screwball she is. So let me close by saying... And the horse I rode in on! I'll show them what one screwball can do! And it's just sort of, it starts more as like a blanket, like, oh, you wrote to our show. Here's a signed copy <laughs> of, for your collection. you know, uh, America's Favorite Cat and Mouse, which <laughs> reminded me of when we got engaged. Um, I wrote to Diet Mountain Dew <laughs> because oh, right. you love Diet Mountain Dew. And we once had, uh, oh, I threw a surprise party for you and I told everybody to bring Diet Mountain Dew. So we had like we had a year's months. supply. Yeah. Um, but I wrote to them saying like, you know, will you be a part of our story there's, there's more to the story than that but that's basically what i did they didn't write us always back. doing bits uh, always <laughs> doing bits they wrote us back uh or or more just didn't even write us back they just sent us merch yeah <laughs> they didn't they didn't like pay any attention to the message no. that i sent them at all so this was kind of a move that Ryan My- roger myers jr was doing um but then he also uh you know insults her and uh you know I think he says something like, our research indicates that one person cannot make a difference no matter how much of a screwball she is. And then we cut to Marge going, and the horse she rode in on! I love that. It's very funny. Uh, The letter that Marge sends is uh, at the top of the stationery from the mind of Marge. Mm -hmm. So we already kind of know what kind of person Marge is. That was the stuff you may have missed in this episode. Ooh, very fun. Even though like Marge, at least from my perspective, is kind of the villain in this episode, I still can't help but just find her so sweet and adorable. No, she's such a good person. 
person. Yeah, and yeah. She it's means, coming from a good place. She means well. And, right. you know, she did have a very traumatic experience just happen. Her baby tried mm-hmm. to kill her dad. Um, and, of course, the, she's while she's watching the TV, Homer's just like, well, how come you're allowed to watch it? It's like, I'm doing research. And the things that are on the list uh, oh, man, are... Oh, so funny. Yes. Uh, did you write them down? I wrote down two of them. Uh, th- I would love to know which ones were your favorites. My favorites, and I think they're the two extreme versions of of the jokes are dogs tricked <laughs> and uh brain slammed in car door yeah so it's cats blown up mice launched <laughs> dogs tricked gophers buried alive eyes knocked out disembowelings and brain slammed in car door <laughs> it's like dogs tricked like dogs why would tricked. anyone really have any offense to that and then brain slammed in car doors is just so extreme you on must the protect other end. the dogs it's so funny you must protect their dignity <laughs> i also yeah. love that just the idea of um like th- this version of Marge is my favorite Marge and it explains Lisa like it explains mm. having having a daughter that is That's so you know maybe on the verge of being precocious but mostly just activist like yeah activist kind of and yeah sometimes Marge is portrayed as kind of you know taking the back seat a lot and kind of just like sleeping the bed that she made and not really fighting for herself but when her children come into the picture and when it comes to like civil justice or like all these different things like she's always going to be on the right side of it and even if even if it goes too far like she's willing to accept that and mm-hmm. that's something mm-hmm. i think is yeah. really interesting yeah she she's like ready to be bold yeah no matter the cost and it's another thing i love about this episode is that even though i'm firmly on the stance of anti-censorship the episode is kind of ambiguous. It kind of like explores all sides of it yeah. because like Marge is kind of, as much as I hate to say it, kind of right in some way because there's the whole sequence of the kids going outside and playing. Which is so beautiful. Yeah. And then, you know, once once the censorship ends, they're all back inside in front of the TV it again. And there's something me. kind of like, oh, yeah. you know, there's a cost to a free society, I guess. So yeah. that was intentional from the writer's standpoint. Yeah, they wanted I love to be that. ambiguous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that there wasn't... They, I mean, it's not a clear right and wrong in this episode, they which handle, is really cool. They handle polarizing topics like that. We see religion handled in mm-hmm. a similar way within the show, very diplomatically. Man, I want to see that smart line where they figure out which religion is the true religion. <laughs> I know, that's I know. so funny. <laughs> it's so good. I love, um, I love that montage, I guess, or just that scene of them going outside because you are watching... Um, you're watching the show, which, uh, by the way, the theme song is changed into that mm-hmm. wonderful they love the they Beethoven. Share. Oh, 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 sorry, sorry. Yeah, <laughs> I was thinking more of what was playing during that montage, but yeah, they love they share. Is yeah, really great. and so you get a few different uh, lines of this now poorly written show, and then everyone goes mm-hmm. outside, and you see all the different televisions being turned off. Yeah, and I love just the kids rubbing their eyes because they haven't been outside in a long time, and kind of just like I'm gonna try jump rope. I don't remember. And then you get the I don't, I don't remember if it's Tom Sawyer or Huck Finn who's painting the fence oh yeah well it's nelson, nelson but no i know that yeah, but like yeah, what it's yeah. based on oh, oh right, I know, right, yeah, right yeah right i can't remember if it's huck or tom i don't remember either i Somebody always confuse will. them it's tom, tom so yeah i just thought that's such a cute because that's so what summer is to me like those two books <laughs> like mm-hmm. kids going outside and like the, them coming inside like that's a we have a golden era or something golden age yeah. uh just like i caught a fish like all, all these different things mm-hmm. and it, it is fun but yeah i mean there's no there's no better version like you know they both have their merits it's very interesting Mm -hmm. yeah yeah that whole animated sequence which was directed by bob anderson good job Um, that sequence in particular Mm -hmm. oh interesting yeah i i just felt like that in and of itself i mean you see a lot of those kind of really beautifully done sequences in the simpsons especially in the early years um we see a similar sequence with the the snow day 
um, yes. when Bart's oh, trapped I love in the oh, yeah. and Beautiful. all of the town is sort of like you know skating together and singing and it's very similar it's very cinematic yeah and it's not unlike Bart skating through the all the characters of the town in the, in the intro yeah, right. good point. it's like these big pans of just seeing you know various characters doing a lot of stuff it always reminds me of the um the Charlie Brown like the ice skating mm-hmm. like just yeah. like painting that scene and all the different little characters so this episode, John Schwarzfelder wrote it, and um, he was, in my research, uh, I found out that he was a particularly huge fan of Itchy and Scratchy, and so he really enjoyed writing those sequences, yeah. and so this was a way for him to sort of like exercise a lot of Itchy and Scratchy energy that he had saved up, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I it love that. Itchy and Scratchy was always my favorite, because, of course, I was such a like Looney Tunes kid. Totally. I grew up on that stuff, and... So yeah, just understanding what they were spoofing and like I loved cartoon violence. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I work on probably the most violent cartoon on TV right now, yeah. Mr. Pickles. Um I so wonder, it makes yeah, a track. That's probably true. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is probably true. I, I can't think, think of I one. memorized how to draw the the Simpsons family and Itchy and Scratchy and no other characters that's on the great. show. That's <laughs> great. Yeah. It's um it's really funny to to watch something like this as a kid. Um, because you know kids don't tend to think about like how things are made they don't know what storyboarding is or like what different like things go into making the cartoon yet we get that writer's room and uh, you get a few funny things like the guy who's drawing the um, squirrel who's very clearly based on Marge and just kind of cracking himself up just like I'm so funny I love seeing the behind the scenes like that yeah Yeah. totally and I love that after all these calls come in and they're trying to figure out like what to do um Roger Myers calls up Marge and is just like, okay, well, do you have an ending for this? And, yeah. uh, <laughs> you know, it's just, I, I love his line of vision of just like, well, you know, he stole his, uh, he stole his ice cream. Make it a pie. Pies are easier to draw. That, that's I maybe my favorite line in the whole episode because <laughs> like, so there's like always on most of the shows I've worked on, uh, there's like maybe even the slightest tension between writers and animators because like uh, speaking mostly as an animator, Sometimes you get scripts where you're like, how the hell? Like, come on. Have a visual (laughs) sense when you write this action line that's impossible to do. And now I have to invent something that still (laughs) achieves the story point, but is actually physically possible. So, like, that line made me go, fuck you, writers. (laughs) 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 But also, like, uh, so on the Mr. Pickles writer's room, Sean Conroy, who is our head writer, um, I think always was a little irked with me in the room because I would say things like, make it a pie pies are easier to draw <laughs> yeah. and no then more, the other no thing is sequences yeah no exactly we had season two of mr pickles we had three episodes with a train heavily featured and they're all different trains we couldn't reuse anyway yeah um but uh <laughs> the other funny thing about that line to me is that i literally go ice cream cones are much easier to draw than pies that animator's wrong <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean you've definitely influenced me uh when i'm writing animation and i think i wrote a script recently for a show i just worked on where you know i was like describing like and there's a bunch of characters in a stadium and then in parentheses the only crowd shot i swear (laughs) and then i got a note from the animation studio that was um, producing it that's that said that they were delighted by that that's awesome (laughs) and they thought it was really funny oh that's good that's good (laughs) yeah i mean it's it's you're you're right there there's a disconnect that happens between are the worst (laughs) you would come home every night just like shell-shocked over it we have another town hall meeting no more town hall (laughs) meetings uh, yeah. There's uh, there's a crowd scene in this episode when everyone mm-hmm. is uh, rallying together and um, 
you get a few of them actually because you get the first one that's outside of the um, studios and all the signs are very funny. Maggie has one that's just like, uh, you know, I'll kill my, t- before I kill my dad again. Right, we're right. Um, Bart writes, <laughs> don't, you know, stop. <laughs> which, is so, which is so funny because like there's, it. it's just, uh, there's nothing too, it's not like funny. It's not like a funny joke, but it's just like a cute, like, oh, Bart. Like, mm-hmm. I know. You know, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, of course it's funny, but it's, you know, just like, don't. The, the smallest course, act of, of rebellion is yeah. so all you need from Bart. A little bit of puckishness. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, something that I think is so interesting, which is just the, the, you know, where this plot goes, is just that because Marge took a stance, suddenly everyone expects her to have that through line with her with her personality and her character. And uh, it's such a good idea like it is something that we all know is art so it's something that maybe you could argue like well we know that the right side of of this argument is to be okay with it but then you know marge really does question her hypocrisy about it and is just kind of like well maybe i'm not supposed to right do it um my personal belief is that everyone could have us have something they're passionate about and that doesn't make you hypocritical like i don't think that there is quite um uh, the problem that maybe is presented in this episode, but I do think it's a great thing to ask yourself when you're making big hubbubs, I guess, about something. Just like, yeah. kind of like, how far are you going? How how much does this really matter? Mm-hmm. Um, and how does this affect the entire world if you're doing right. it? Right. Well, I think that her response was more to the tribalism that occurs from her taking such a stark stance and the need for that within the community um you know it sort of feels like it doesn't necessarily matter the nitty-gritty details of Mm -hmm. what she's standing up for it's just more of like helen lovejoy who loves to stand up for a cause and other people that join uh their cause just want a place where they can be outraged yeah isn't Mm -hmm. that the internet these days (laughs) i mean it's just like that's everywhere people just want to be included and they want to be in a club and And they want a leader they want a leader and Uh when she betrays that and shows her you know humanness then that becomes something that is unsatisfactory to them Mm -hmm. they need her to be this like all or nothing gal or all people love having moral outrage they like to be mad and feel like they're completely justified it gives them a purpose Yeah. 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 Yeah, and I I really like the smart line. I really like them saying just like, you know, mm-hmm. you created all these like Marge Simpson wannabes, you know, <laughs> and uh, that's which totally wasn't her intention. I you love know? Roger like Myers Jr. too. Just as a quick side note of being like, I I don't remember the quote exactly, mm-hmm. but like I did some research and violence existed before cartoons were invented and I then they were like that. they were the discussing Crusades. that as if it was like like I know. real and that insight. happened before <laughs> that, that whole round table so is, is so perfect it's hilarious and bogus. Yeah. yeah but that is a good point and that is something that i think like kids um well maybe that's maybe an argument that you would have with your parents if your parents are saying like it's too violent it's making kids violent it it is kind of a childish retort to say just like well there was violence before but it, mm-hmm. it is true like yeah. right. of course they're like you know when people say just like you know people that listen to Marilyn Manson are you know or that's why games are too games. every generation will have something like that yeah of course it's because we want to blame something that's not ourselves and humanity mm-hmm. because it's more it's disheartening to know that those things exist within us instead of that something is unlocking it well people want to 
compartmentalize things to make Always. the world less chaotic. Of course, that's why religion exists. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Hello. Hello. Oh, is that a slight Book of Mormon? Crusty <laughs> <laughs> uh, is also very funny on Smart Line. Just like yeah. he's not too uh, evolved in in like a political stance because he's pretty curmudgeonly most of the time. But I love him on Smart Line where he's just yeah. like <laughs> he can't, can't turn help off. but be an entertainer every I time know. the camera cuts to him. And it's adorable so too. Yeah. And he's just like anytime that camera gets on me, I can't <laughs> help. It's just so cute. Yeah. So this is actually the first episode that was directed by Jim Reardon. Yeah. And um, who actually? Sorry to interrupt again, but uh, he was on the Mighty Mouse New Adventures. Was he? Whatever. Oh, yeah. I just read the Wikipedia. Well, on that it, uh, <laughs> my research says that um, previous to this, he had made a student film called "Bring Me the Head of Charlie Brown." Which is very violent, Whoa, and awesome. so the experience served him well for this I'm episode. I'm gonna look that up. Yeah, yeah, that sounds great. And then, uh, of course, I mean, we see this anytime that they show writers in The Simpsons. It's based on real people that are on The Simpsons staff. So in that meeting, uh, when they're saying like draw pie, pies are easier to draw, or whatever, um, there are caricatures of Rich Moore, David Silverman, and Wes Archer, just sort of all crowded around. Oh, that might be the scene where they're trying to decide what to do to Marge. Mm -hmm. Oh, that could be it. And they're like, drop an anvil on her head. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Throw yeah. Throw TNT in her stomach and whatever, yeah. Hit her on the head with a piano? Stuff yeah. her full of TNT, then throw a match down her throat and run? Yeah, yeah. And they're like I'm saying like, it very seriously. This is how my brain works. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And so we also see Dr. Marvin Monroe in this episode, mm -hmm. which is Fun very... callback. I know, which is very indicative of early years of the Simpsons because then he just he vanishes. Oh really? Was this one of this must have been one of his first appearances? Um, I think he Perhaps appeared in season one. Not oh, the first, yeah, because okay. the first yeah. they all go to therapy. Oh, gotcha. and they shock gotcha. each other. Right, 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 right. 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 But then there was the also recently within the last season or so, um, they did a Dr. Marvin Monroe callback. That's mm. fun. Yeah, it was in the Treehouse of Horror when they do the present day Simpsons um, meet the like season one Simpsons. Oh, that's and fun. It's, like, I gotta all see that. Different in the way it's animated. Oh, uh, cool. And Dr. Marvin Monroe is in there. So the the kind of, um, I guess, what Marge concludes with when she's on Smartline, I thought was really interesting when they're kind of asking, like, well, what do you have to say about this? She says, hmm, I don't know. I guess one person can make a difference, but most of the time they probably shouldn't, which is just such an interesting yeah. choice of words. I, th I felt like, I, I'm, I could be wrong, I felt like that was a callback to something someone said to her earlier in the episode, but... I could well, yeah, be totally I mean, wrong about that. It is this like an I almost exact quote of. I, I, I yeah, well, yeah, because uh, you know that's when Roger Meyer says, like, you know, one person can't make a difference, right. and she says, well, you can, but maybe we shouldn't. Right, right. It isn't um, always the right move. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like read the room. I feel like there right. shouldn't be a black and white mentality when it comes to taking a stance. That it's it's all it's so many different gradients, and the same when what we were talking about with parenting mm -hmm. before. It's like you can't be like they can't watch anything crass or lewd or yeah. explicit. It's like well, read the room, and you know. Mm -hmm. I have to share this anecdote. So speaking of parents taking a stance, uh, my mom, who's like the best, uh, she was a um, teacher and was like focused on kids with dyslexia and learning disabilities, and was like really passionate about like how intelligent these kids can be even though their academics aren't great and was just so like like proud of a lot of the students she worked with and was just you know it was so important to her that I remember during this controversy of when the Simpsons first came out and parents being so upset there's this big controversy about a t-shirt of Bart where it says Bart Simpson underachiever and proud of it yes and all these parents were furious about it 
And my mom was always really pissed off at the bumper stickers that said my kid was an honor student at such and such a school because she felt like that was kind of rubbing in the face of these kids that she felt so passionately and cared for so much that whenever she saw those bumper stickers, she would be like, if you know you or your brother ever get one of those bumper stickers, I'll proudly hang it in the house, but I'm not putting it on the car because I think that's really insensitive. Anyway, when this whole yeah, so when this whole uh, underachiever and proud of it controversy came out, my mom was like half joking, I think mostly joking, but was like, I want to buy a stack of bumper stickers of Bart Simpson underachiever and proud of it and slap it over every honor roll student sticker I see in a parking lot. And I remember like just also that being kind of like a new idea to me of like whoa like disobedience <laughs> for like a righteous cause or something yeah like it's that. punk yeah 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 so yeah. my mom was pretty cool that's, that's mom. awesome <laughs> punk. i love that um one thing that we haven't touched upon yet but this actually was inspired or i guess partially inspired by um a real instance that happened um terry ricolta protested the fox network over the show married with children and so this was the Simpsons' response to that, oh, and also, cool. you know, response to their own. Um, sure, there are a lot of reception. Similar things like this, and yeah, culture. yeah, but Still but are. sort of directly to that because Married with Children was a very right. shocking and polarizing show. I mean, toilet flush, new ground, <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure. Um, and I guess just I mean that's that's what it was designed for from from the title alone. <laughs> but yeah, religion, which is the one true faith. <laughs> now we're back. <laughs> yeah. 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 And so the episode ends where, and we kind of touched upon this, but the episode ends where now the TV show is back and all the kids are back in front of the TV. And who's to say that's better or worse? And it ends kind of in, in a weird beat. It does. Beat. Yes, it does. Yes. It's, it's <laughs> like, I don't think something that would have been accepted uh, in the modern Simpsons writer's room Not or even just a, a couple seasons later. But. Um, we end with Homer and Marge going to the art gallery and completely alone. They're the only ones there. Alone. Yeah. Michelangelo's David, <laughs> who up until now we've seen with like pants, pants on. on and that's very funny. Um, and uh, they, you know, Marge is remarking at how beautiful it is. What a beautiful work of art. And, um, you know, she says that it's too bad that none of the other kids are going to see this. And then Homer reassures her. He goes, oh, yeah. They're going to see it. And, and she, she says something like, oh, they are? And it's like, yeah, don't worry. Pretty soon every kid in Springfield is going to see this thing. They're, They're forcing, forcing them. them. <laughs> like a field trip. Well, there he is. Michelangelo's Dave. Mm, David. Oh, what's wrong, Marge? Mm, I mean, here the kids have a chance to see a great work of art. And instead, they're home watching a cat and mouse disembowel each other. Hey, don't worry, Marge. Pretty soon, every boy and girl at Springfield Elementary School is going to come and see this thing. Really? Why? They're forcing them! <laughs> wow. Well, isn't that nice? I actually so love that ending. It's very weird and anticlimactic, but I think it's it kind weird. of... I think it just kind of like shows that they wanted to take an ambiguous stance on censorship yes. and art and what's important to see and what should be protected. I love from the turn with Michelangelo's David. Yeah, and like forcing kids to see one piece of art that might be controversial, whereas like per, you know prohibiting them from seeing another. I think it's like it's not tying it up in such a tidy bow because yeah. it's not a like tidy issue. And yeah, I just love. I that really I mean, like that. We're 
in the midst of uh, a pretty big election right now. And so a lot of these <laughs> to s- to understatement, of understatement of the <laughs> century. Um, and to, to pose a question, you know, we talked about this a little earlier, but to pose a question that Kent poses to um, Marge on Smartline is, how can you be for one form of expression like that naked guy over there and against Itchy and Scratchy? Now, a lot of those kind of questions are being posed within this election. How can you be for this when, you know, mm-hmm. you can't be for that? They're not connected. And so I just, f- I feel like that's touching upon, you know, something that's happened for ages of people trying to compartmentalize two completely different topics, two completely mm. different arguments and lumping them together just so that the world can be more black and white. You're either for or against. You're either, you know, um, like an angry man or a meek woman. Yeah. <laughs> and and that's, I mean, basically what's happening. Not to get too political. No, I don't even I, know how political I just got. I like how political it gets because The Simpsons is very political. And, like, we have so many characters always, like, questioning um, kind of the infrastructure of our politics and what is right and what is wrong and what what is always most interesting is that in-between area and they get gray so well the simpsons understands it so well and Mm -hmm. i love it yeah something that is funny though about this episode is that it's about the cartoon but they're hardly you aside from that one little scene you hardly really see the kids in it which i think is kind of great yeah no i i I love it for that Mm -hmm. i mean it was a very experimental episode and and i love that they were just really trying a thing in these early seasons yeah really just going for it i appreciate them so much for sure I hope that there are college kids or high school kids writing theses on this because oh, I just I'm think. Certain. <laughs> I mean, when I went to college, there was a Disneyland class um, mm. because we were in close proximity to Disneyland. So I can only imagine that there are so many Simpsons class. I think there was one at UC Berkeley. <laughs> I wrote a paper in college on Lisa the Iconoclast. Yeah. That episode. Uh, I really love that one, too. Yeah. Joe Quazala. Joe Quazala talked about that episode with us, and it was really that interesting. That was a really oh, special cool. one. So one more interesting thing about this uh, episode is that during the original airing the Fox satellite blew out and the entire west coast uh, of the u.s missed the first act of the episode really wow so completely oh, different bummer yeah i, I know <laughs> but but what an age i mean mm-hmm. 1990 baby yeah <laughs> um so mike one of the things <laughs> that we like to ask our guests all right i'm done no, I'm okay sorry. bye <laughs> um is uh which simpsons character core family or otherwise mm-hmm. do you relate to or identify with most i think i am exactly halfway between lisa and bart love yeah. it yeah i think i have some of the like kind of like ethical wanting to help the world blah 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 stuff of, of lisa and i have some of the rebelliousness wanting to be mischief and, and like laugh at you know a fart or whatever like yeah. that fart but i'm not 100 percent either way i think i'm like smack dab between them i feel that so mm-hmm. much yeah mm-hmm. yeah totally yeah like yeah. i'm always a little rebellious but not not so much that i really got in trouble but like you know in my late teens early 20s i was doing graffiti but then <laughs> i was also like always you know wanting to be nice to animals or whatever you right. know like <laughs> there's a balance I yeah i was always yeah. right in between the two of them i could also see lisa kind of growing up into uh, more of that in her high sure. school time, and I can see Bart kind of growing more. I think they both could kind of level each I other out. I think they're more similar. Yeah, they're kind of like. Yeah, I can see like kids that are like the two of them growing up to be a lot more similar. Mm-hmm. Totally. They yeah. just kind of expressed their rebellious sort of nature in different ways as children. I don't know. 
I feel like but we're anyway. similar in that way too, especially when it comes to like a uh, puckishness of Bart and also like uh, the curiosity of Elisa when it comes to like mm-hmm. social norms and traditions. Like mm-hmm. we as a couple really enjoy <laughs> having conversations about, um, you know, social traditions that we may not agree with, mm-hmm. um, especially as we're about to embark on getting married mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and just sort of asking questions like, well, why is that a right. thing that I'm quote unquote supposed to do? Yeah. Like it doesn't quite make sense to me to be like let's have a bridal shower yeah. for the sake of a bridal shower which again i think is uh is very punk i think it's, it's very <laughs> punk. We're, I, the, I, we're the punkest punk, <laughs> punk is alive and i i think about it a lot i, I <laughs> punk is what i want all of us to be because uh not just musically but i do i love punk music a lot but and i've been going to a lot of shows so that's why it's on my mind but <laughs> i think that anytime that you are standing up against like whatever is normal um even if it's not to oppose it but just to ponder it i think that right. that's like the best let's reflect yeah. on this like let's not just accept Ask things questions. as they are yeah don't just have this blanketed like rebelliousness where yeah. you, you aren't listening at all right yeah. you know but listen like, to it and go okay well why is that right. sort of like the conversation that you would have with your child right yeah. like I have sometimes this rule. Let's like it. inherited wisdom is right and sometimes it's wrong let's let's look at it let's not just accept things yeah, yeah. blanket statements are lazy yeah absolutely like, for sure. mm-hmm. yeah 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 and, and <laughs> it reminds me of like you know when moms were protesting harry potter and <laughs> they had not read a single page of it right and granted i'm right. making it's a generalization or whatever, an assumption yeah. for that but there were certainly a lot of um, people who who were not even like keyed into it because if mean, they if were i believe that they would not have been on that side of it. Oh, right, yeah. Right, right, they would have right. seen that there was a lot of merit to the story, They'd that it wasn't about witchcraft. It was about using powers for good yeah. and finding a, me, a moral if, compass. If something's resonating with my kid and it's like the creative output of like other people and they're like inspired by it and whatever, like I'm going to be excited about that. Like and even yeah. if it's not something I like or whatever, like. Yeah, you don't have to get what someone else is into uh, and right. still realize that it makes them happy and good right like marge likes david but not itchy and scratchy (laughs) and the kids like itchy and scratchy and not david and to me there's no there's there's no right or wrong there it's just different types of creative output resonate with different people and that is okay Mm -hmm. i think the best (laughs) parenting advice or the best parenting um, technique that I've I've ever heard, and it's so simple, but I heard it from, um, I think her name is pronounced Aileen Brosh McKenna. She's one of the co-creators of Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. She said this on the, the Summer Party podcast with Allie and Georgia. Uh, ooh, referencing another podcast. Ooh, Careful yeah. now. Um, but she said that the way that she parents is just saying, don't be an asshole. So that can be applied to so many right. different situations. You know, um, pick up your toys. Don't be an asshole to the rest of your family. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, be considerate of others. Don't be an asshole. Right. You know, don't don't be mean, selfish for selfish sake. I think that that's like, I love that so much. Yeah. <laughs> I think it can be applied to so yeah. many different situations. It's like it, it gives leeway in areas that frankly don't matter. Like, yeah. Um, but then also is like, it really hones in on like what I think is important. Yeah. It encourages a <laughs> self-awareness and a right. consideration for others. And a consideration for yourself. Anyway. I love that I love that this episode in in addition to many others is able to have a conversation that leads to, you know, parenting and politics and, you know, PC culture and all these different things w- while still making us laugh and still being mm-hmm. a twenty two minute episode and still yeah. having all of our favorite characters doing wacky things. And <laughs> no. it's why The Simpsons is so good. And yeah. I, I've loved talking about this episode with you guys. This yeah. is great. Yeah. Super fun. Yeah, I mean we've kind of said this a little bit in the past, especially with the Homer the Heretic episode, but you know 
The Simpsons has such a reputation, at least in the 90s, it had such a reputation for being so, you know, like rebellious and Mm -hmm. for being so crass but in some ways it is like the most christian show (laughs) if you're if you're looking at the basic fundamentals of what christianity should be and and was built upon good natured moral moral compass of you know serving others and being considerate it's the most diplomatic like they (laughs) never take Mm -hmm. one stance that's going to exclude a large chunk of their audience this show is a lot like jesus it's a lot <laughs> like jesus thank you so much for saying that oh In no the fact does that, that mean it's going to end at the what 33rd season <laughs> oh that'd be a good theory <laughs> the clock's ticking good- down i could see that i could see that yeah <laughs> we're close we're what 27 or 8 now it's 28 close. or something yeah. Yeah. let's uh, you heard it here first we think it's going to end at 33 I'm, I'm locking into that theory because we needed one <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so our last question Sure. to our guests is um, what is the lesson that you have gleaned from uh, revisiting this episode or from talking about it in this sure. conversation? Um, yeah, I mean, I'm still anti-censorship and, and pro-freedom of speech and freedom of expression, freedom of press, all of that stuff. Like, it's th- those are important issues to me. And, and like, this episode kind of awakened that in my little fifth grade brain. <laughs> uh, you know, it was like a feeling I already had and this episode kind of Ignited. spoke to it. Um, but I think uh, in revisiting it, like seeing the ambiguity of the stance they take and recognizing that it's a complicated issue with like some gray areas is an interesting thing to, you know, be thoughtful on and ponder. And yeah, I love it. Fun talking about it. And yeah. Yeah. That's how I would answer that. Oh. <laughs> and uh, aside from uh, this house, where can people find you? Well, I <laughs> am. Uh, oh, I shouldn't mention. I just feel like this is relevant. My first job was on King of the Hill. I was one floor above ah, where they were making The Simpsons. I don't know if so you knew cool. that. Like, I had no idea. Yeah. Oh so my anyway, God. I was drawing. Right uh, out of college, I was drawing, baby. yeah, Hank Hill what? right above people drawing Homer. So. Oh, that's the coolest thing I've ever yeah. heard. I'm very proud of it. Yeah, so I was there <laughs> from, Go to the courthouse and get married right now. Uh, okay, bye. I think I was there mid-season eight through mid-season 11. That's cool. That is yeah. such yeah. a... Yeah, he just missed Mike Judge. I was a character oh, layout artist, that which is was cool. the closest thing they had to animator. But Dang. yeah, drawn on paper, listening to the dialogue on cassette tape, but then That's you also fun. worked for Fox. Yeah, I mean, worked that, that on was working a few on other Fox. Fox shows. Yeah, yeah, I worked on American Dad, and I directed three episodes of The Cleveland Show. That's awesome. And then, yeah, uh, I directed all of season one of Adult Swim's China, Illinois. So Brad cool. Neely created show. And then was the animation director and writer and blah, blah, blah on the first two seasons of Mr. Pickles. And That's awesome. Hopefully, second season is airing right now. Second season's airing good. now. Yeah. And speaking of shows within a show, Itchy and Scratchy and Simpsons, uh, this will post after it airs. But tonight, uh, we did a whole episode of Mr. Pickles that is just the show within the show, which is Astronaut Dolphin Detective. That's so And cool. that's airing tonight. It's a full it's episode a really, it's a really, really good of episode. Astronaut Dolphin Detective. So, so if you're oh. listening to it the yeah. day that this is posted, then then that aired last night. Okay. And you can check it out on adultswim.com. Probably, yeah. Yeah, and I think so. Amazon's selling them, and I think season one went up on Hulu eventually. Awesome. Anyway, um, but yeah, I'm on Instagram as no goggle citizen. I mostly post drawings there. Um, I think I'm on Tumblr and Twitter as both of those are Mike L. Mayfield. And you also have part of your website called Anti-Easy. Yeah, I sell shirts that are like 
like soft listening artist, but designed like punk and metal band shirts. I have really one cool. that I get compliments on every time I wear, and nice. I kind of want to get another one because cool, I, cool, I cool. wear it a lot. Yeah, I got yes. a Danzig one that's for Kenny G. Hollow <laughs> Notes and Circle Jerks. Yeah. Yeah, a whole bunch. Guar so and yeah. Yeah, that's at anti easy. Yeah.com. And uh, yeah, I used to make a bunch of cartoons. I still would like to do it, but I used to make a lot of shorts on my own under the name Citizens Against Safety Goggles. Love it. Which is also somewhere The goggles do nothing. The goggles do nothing. It's kind of an (laughs) anti-censorship name that I I didn't realize until someone asked me if that's what it meant. And I went, sure. Also, people should follow our cat's Instagram. (laughs) (laughs) We are such a couple. Um, Look at Moody on Instagram. Yep, I'm all over it. Yeah, if you want to see Allie have internet conversations with our (laughs) cats or with our cat. Mm-hmm. Yes, and then that's the place to go. And then uh, you can follow us at Simpsons Pod on Twitter and everything's coming up podcast at gmail dot com. Uh, we love getting your comments and we love hearing from you. So uh, hit us up. And then also we are still accepting your dollars for Patreon. Yeah, uh, we've been uh, giving some shout outs to uh, the people that have helped us, which we are so thankful for mm-hmm. you guys because uh, you keep this podcast going. And we have uh, different tiers of um, subscriber. All happy tiers if you you ask me yeah uh, uh, sending a dollar <laughs> to happy dude but uh, i've already made one uh, mix for one of our supporters um they requested i make a mix from the perspective of mo so i've done that and there will be more to come and that's that's the tippy if you want to <laughs> more dollars but then there are different things and we're going to be updating them soon um so stay tuned for that and uh, there'll be a ton of goodies coming your way you can ask our guests special questions we will post to you which guests we have upcoming we have some pretty good ones uh on our our schedule oh we have the coolest guests ever coming um, up um we have probably i mean besides my fiance mike one of my favorite guests <laughs> coming up <laughs> well also yours too because oh, you're yeah. such a fan of his huge fan weird al's coming on our weird show. al's coming yes. on weird guys. al's gonna be on the show and so if you have a question for weird al um subscribe to us on yeah, we, patreon and the- send us those questions and you know, you can also, we'll have different tiers where if you want to um, be the person who creates a future Krusty Q, remember those? Um, you can also do that. So there's going to be a lot of goodies coming Patreon exclusive. Yes. And yes. real quick, there's a Mr. Pickles episode coming up where both Weird Al and Julia Prescott did voices. <gasps> what? As oh well God. as Steve-O and Rob Zombie. It's wow. an all vegan episode, so we cast yeah. all vegan That's so cool. voice actors. And oh. they're both in fun. it. I really tried. I found out when I was recording that, that he was recording, Weird Al was recording recording right before me i still haven't met the man so you'll uh, meet him in this house meet him in, in, on this podcast yeah but we just missed each other anyway uh that'll be fun it's a good episode i hear um ali where can people find you oh my goodness you can find <laughs> me at ali gertz on all the things and in the comment sections of look at mooney <laughs> yes <laughs> and julia find, where can people oh, find you oh thank you so much for asking yeah um, you can find me at julia prescott on all the things uh twitter instagram uh life and then uh you can follow brandon who is in charge of making this podcast sound so good at uh hell yes brandon hell yes brandon at uh, hell yes brandon yeah <laughs> on twitter and instagram and all the things yeah make sure to follow him because he's got cool comedy stuff coming up uh, that you will you will not want to miss and, and we are uh, also coming to la Podfest in september hell yeah Woo. anyway we got a lot of cool stuff coming yeah thanks so much for listening this has been a great episode thanks for being on the show Mike. i was so stoked to be on thanks oh guys. man all right we'll see you guys next week all bye right, bye
Share, share, share. 